Barker, I have a question for you. Yeah? How many chances do you give a drug addict or an alcoholic? Uh, I don't know. How many chances do you give a drug addict or alcoholic, Cecil? Well, some say as many as it takes. Huh? The views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Co-host Tony, Bruce, and the Monty Man. Yowza, yowza! Welcome aboard. Welcome everyone to uh, the Take Twelve Recovery Radio Show, the Great Reality. They knew they had a host of new friends. It seemed they had known these strangers always. They had seen miracles, and one was to come to them. They had visioned the Great Reality, their loving and all-powerful Creator. Page one sixty-one from a vision. For you, in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Bruce. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to our boy Marv. Thinking Marv. about you. Shout out to Marv. Hi, Marv. Say hi to Marv, Bruce. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Cecil and Barker, uh, uh, the, the question is posed, how many chances do you give a uh, drug addict or alcoholic this question is pointing to the topic, working with chronic addicts or alcoholics, you know, uh, is it ever appropriate to stop working with a chronic relapser? That is the question that was posed on Facebook. And by the way, it blew up. The question was posed out there last week and it blew up. I mean, there was just a ton of responses. Um, some of them, well, we're going to talk about them here here in a few minutes. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what the big book says about that, and we're going to talk about what we think about that. This is one place where we can voice our opinion. Yes. 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 Bruce, Bruce and Tony will voice their opinion, and I will then correct them. Yeah, participate. No. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, um, a, a good friend of mine actually said, that was an inappropriate question to put on Facebook. Really? And I was like, What? What? It's not my personal Facebook. It's the radio station's Facebook. That's where we pose questions like mm. that. Um, don't know yes, what, yeah. Don't know what that was about, <laughs> but oh, oh well. Any who's it? Any who's it? So uh, you may be one of these people that have uh, attempted to work with somebody mm-hmm. over and over and over again, and for whatever reason they continue to relapse. Maybe they just aren't following directions. They continue to say they will, and then they don't. I mean, I don't know what your story is out there, um, but you may be one of those folks, or you may be somebody that 
was a chronic relapser over yeah. and over and over again. And, you know, you're grateful that people didn't give up on you because you may have been dead if they had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what your experience out there is, uh, listeners. Uh, I know what some of the people who posted on Facebook's experience seems to be. Um, but I think there there, there uh, are a... Um, there are a variety of experiences in this, and I don't know that there is one perfect answer to this question, um, but we're going to delve into it and unpack it a little bit uh, here in a little bit. So how are you guys doing? How are you doing, Tony? I'm doing good. What's happening at McDonald's, at the Golden Arches? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing? <laughs> same old, same old. Nothing. Living the American dream. So Costco's prices are going up again. Are they? Yes. But Didn't just a couple notice. years ago, they went to 50 to... I mean, they went from... I don't know, fifty to fifty-five. Now going fifty-five to sixty bucks. Oh, the card. The yeah. card, yeah. And for an executive membership was like going up a hundred dollars. <gasps> that's yeah. what I am. Yeah, are you? Yeah. yeah. Well, not anymore now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's in the news. Um, that's not good. Yeah, yeah. Why politics? Mm. And so we've lost a couple of musicians in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Prince and. Prince and George, uh, I can't think of his full name, Beverly Shaw, the guy that sang for years with Billy Graham, toured with Billy Graham. Mm. You know what I'm talking about, right, Bruce? No. <laughs> I honestly don't Shay, know either. Shay. Something Beverly Shay. Something Beverly Shay. I mean, he's been he's been like with Billy Graham through his whole career. Did you do your homework before yeah, you started Yeah, but I can't remember his name. I didn't I write did. it down. <laughs> She's overprepared. And you're underprepared. <laughs> yeah, Tony said, "I'm overprepared today." Yeah, there's too much of that. Mm-hmm. George Beverly Shea. George Beverly Shea. Somebody out there will know and correct me. And then there was somebody else too. There was a, 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 a author's wife that died, wasn't it? An author's wife. Like I that look died? at Bruce, like he would know. <laughs> yeah. The the only Bruce person <laughs> the only person I know that passed away is Prince. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Everything. And that's perfect. because they. They brought that on to Fox News because I don't watch anything but Fox News. Right. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, yeah. it was an author's wife that died. Probably. I'll have to Facebook that again. An author's wife dies every 20 minutes. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I probably killed one just now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's interesting because as, as huge as Prince was, the only song, I think Kiss was one of them, was a song that he did that I knew of when I heard it. I recognized it. I never, I never even listened to Purple Rain. I never, I never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. And that's the one I know, right? The one I knew was Little Red Corvette. I love that song. Oh, Little yeah, Red he did Corvette, baby, you're much too fast. I just love that song. I thought that was great. It had a cool little beat to it, so like that. But I didn't know anything about Prince. Mm. Didn't follow Prince. I'm, I'm, I'm a. You never heard Purple Rain. No, never did. And I guess there was a movie. Yeah, Purple that Rain, was one that he did. I don't think you should watch that movie though. I shouldn't watch it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna this this serve my itty bitty con- uh, content? I know he was a very sexually. Um, uh, he he. Did a lot of his entertainment around mm-hmm. that, from what I understand about the story and everything. But it's so sad whenever somebody with that much talent passes away for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I mean, we're all going to pass away sooner or later. But mm-hmm. uh, somebody that has, that has had that much influence. But I have to tell you, 
And I, I feel kind of silly, especially as a broadcaster. I just don't know that much about the man. I just, mm. because, you know, my, my groups were, you know, I was 60s, 70s, and early 80s music. That, that, and I, and I loved the stuff before that. Like we talked, we talked about Sam Cooke a little bit last mm-hmm. week. We, we mentioned Sam Cooke. And, you know, that's, you know, darling, you send me. That's my man. You know, that, yeah. I mean, he's like that. The Temptations. Um, oh, I like the Temptations. The Flat Tops, the Four Aces. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I love that stuff. Yeah. Different time, different era, I guess. Yeah. What can I say? What can I say? Send me. Um, the bumper. The mu- <laughs> I, I found. Honest I found, you do. <laughs> honest you do. Honest you do. Um. I, I found uh, some uh, some bumper music from our, our second break is from a group called Shooting Star. Did you ever heard of Shooting Star? They sound a little bit like Sticks. They sound a little bit like Striper, that kind of thing. Um, but I discovered them, and there are people on there going, really, Monty? You don't know who that is? I mean, I know my son would be doing that. You know, I mean, there's, there's an enormous amount of musicians out there that are really wonderful that I've never heard of because I've been living in this 60s, 70s, 80s cocoon, I guess. Um, that's not a back cocoon, though. It's not a back cocoon. No, no. So um, the but bumper, it, the bumper but, music. But it is a cocoon. It is a cocoon. <laughs> I slowly, mm-hmm. I'm slowly coming out as a butterfly. <laughs> um, the bumper music I chose for coming back from the second break is from Shooting Star, and some of you will recognize it. Uh, and it's very apropos to the topic. And so is the closing song, by the way, that we're going to be uh, playing. By it's an old, old, old Amy Grant song. I love her. Old Amy Grant song. Um, that is just awesome. It's got trumpets and yeah, I mean it's just really cool. Very cool. Very cool. So how many chances do you give a chronic relapser, addict <laughs> or alcoholic? Um, is going to be the topic. So we'll be back right after this with some take twelve trivia and the quiz of the week. Don't go away. Choosing a facility for drug and alcohol rehabilitation treatment is an important decision. It should be a place where you will be comfortable and supported and one that is staffed, equipped, and programmed for successful outcomes. Introducing Free by the Sea, located on five acres of secluded waterfront property along the southwest Washington coast, away from big city distractions. The campus is a renovated resort property, so the grounds are lush and beautiful. Above all, the reason to choose Free by the Sea is the success rate of our counselors and staff in helping clients to transition to a life free from addiction. For more information or to schedule a visit, call 800-272-9199 or visit our website at freebythesea.com. This is Tony Morosi from the recovery band Self-Esteem, and we're listening to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show with the Monty Man on KHLT Broadcasting. And now, it's the quiz of the week. That's right, everybody. It's time for Take 12 Radio's Quiz of the Week, sponsored by that recovery magazine, the 12-Step Gazette. Visit their website at 12stepgazette.com. Now, here is the Monty Man. 
Yes, indeed. It's time for the quiz of the week. Welcome to Take 12 Trivia. <clears throat> so, uh, trivia this week is flower trivia. I'm not participating. <laughs> <laughs> if you get it Daisy. right, if you get it right, you hear this. If you get it wrong, that's the name of that tune. My goodness. Flower trivia. Flower. Flowers. Okay, Grammy, come to me here. She flowers. loves flowers. God. Remember the name of the skunk in Bambi? Oh, his name was Flower. Flower. Yes. All right. Um, you get four and a bonus. Here you go. Smells like flower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number one, which of these flowers is the favorite of over 80% of Americans? Is it daffodils, roses, or carnations? Roses. What do you say there? Yeah. Roses? I say roses. Yay! Number two, which of these flowers can be used instead of onions in cooking? Roses, tulips, or irises? Irises, I think. Bruce? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't know which ones can replace onions? I just can't oh, see me... the other two. Right, right. Do it again. Uh, is it roses, tulips, or irises that can be used instead of onions in cooking? Roses, tulips. I'll go with the tulips. Tulips? Ooh. Well, Bruce, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Tulips. Sorry, Tony. That's just weird. Uh, which flower... Which flower's name means day's eye? Day's eye. Is it a lilac, a daisy, or a sunflower? What the heck? Its name means day's eye. Lilac, daisy, daisy, or sunflower? We'll go with the daisy. What do you say? Mm -hmm. Yep, you guys are right. It is a daisy. It means day's eye. Um, Which... (laughs) Which of these flowers does not need soil to grow? Uh, Lilies, orchids, or tulips? I'll say orchids. I have no idea. Bruce? I'm thinking of the way they grow those things. Maybe it is orchids. You guys are correct. It is orchids. They do not. All they need is air. Yeah. Yeah, you betcha. And here's your bonus. Which flower? This this one's easy. If you guys don't get this, I'm just I don't know what I'll do with you. Uh, which flower? Was I'm you? not participating. <laughs> <laughs> That's been his which, thing all day. <laughs> I'm not participating. He gets pulled over by a police officer. <laughs> License, please. I'm, I'm not, not participating. participating. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine, sir. Go about your doing business. That too. Yeah. <laughs> Which flower was used as a sleeping agent in the uh, by the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz? Oh, Jesus. Iris, sunflowers, or poppies? It was used as a sleeping agent by the Wicked Witch. Come on, you guys. I'm I, poppies. Poppies. That, see, poppies. Poppies is correct, <laughs> yes. And if you think about it, why were poppies used oh. as a sleeping agent? Opium. Opiates. Yeah, you better believe but it. That's where that comes from? Yes, oh, indeed. See, I learned something new every day. Yes, indeed. See, even the Wizard of Oz was involved see, in drug abuse. I wasn't going per- <laughs> to that participate until he started to insult us. <laughs> poppies. Poppies. My special poppies. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and there's not enough in the kind of poppies we see. You know, California. Yeah, poppies. yeah, but any good drug addict's going to try. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look a poppy! <laughs> See, you don't work with this guy because he's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I so love you, Bruce. Oh, <laughs> All right, that does it for uh, the. Uh, I think where'd it go? Where'd my uh, where'd my sound go? 
There it there is. There it is. <laughs> it wasn't participating. Yeah. Our producer is uh, not not on the ball today. <clears throat> All right. We're going to be back uh, with the topic, working with chronic relapsers. How many chances do you give a chronic relapser? Hmm? We'll be right back. When you hear that bell, you'll know it's time for Recovery 101. Recovery 101 with Bruce Shelley and Mark is a recovery broadcast based loosely on 12-step recovery programs. But it's less like a meeting and more like going to coffee afterwards. You know, the meeting after the meeting. Your hosts used to suffer from insanity, but now they absolutely, unapologetically enjoy it. That's right. For incredible fun and informative recovery radio, tune in to Recovery 101 at recovery101.net on your internet dial. Your last chance by shooting star to be good to yourself. Your last chance, very possibly, to drink from life's well. And many of us know uh, people who we've spoken to who have said, you know, you may not make it next time. This may be your last chance to get this thing. And the prophecy came true. And we get the phone call or we hear the announcement in a meeting that Joe or Sally or whoever overdosed yeah and they're not coming home mm-hmm. you know and uh or are they back out again uh, you know we we hear it way too too often and it's mm. it's heartbreaking mm-hmm. so um this poses the question uh you know when working with people uh, in this recovery sphere of influence that the three of us are in or the people that are listening are in is it ever appropriate or when is it appropriate to discontinue your work with somebody who is keeps going back out? And it's kind of a loaded question because there's people that that are really to the best of their ability mm-hmm. are doing following directions and they can't stay sober. And or I should say to the best of their ability that they know of. You know, we got a lot of variables going on here. We have people that are sponsoring people that have no business sponsoring people. Yeah. We have people that have never completed the steps and they're sponsoring people. Hmm. Uh, we have people that are sponsorless. We know that over 80% or something like that people in these, in these rooms don't have sponsors. Hmm. Um, we have people that don't understand the problem. But they understand the solution, but they, and then we have people that understand the solution that don't understand the problem. We just, we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Is it always the fault of the the poor addict or alcoholic who can't stay sober? Or does some of the blame rest on us? These are a lot of questions. Doesn't it say on how I think it's in how it works that um, if you're constitutionally incapable, there are those sorts too. That you're just not... And there are. Yeah. 
I, I'll but, answer the last question. Go ahead. No, go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. That I think I think it's our fault. Hmm. And why so, Bruce? Well, if you're doing your program, you know, if you're if you're going to God and asking for discernment and relying upon your relationship with God instead of what you think should be done, I think things would be different. True. In working with people, you mm-hmm. mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't think we're doing that. I think what if we just say the right thing, if we do the right thing, you know, yeah. if we just give it one more shot. And I'm not saying that we, I, I'll make an approach as long as the person keeps coming into the rooms, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But working with an individual, I don't know about that, you know, to, to keep, I've done that once. And I think that I hampered and helped ruin the man's life. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so here, here's an interesting conundrum. We teach people many times in the rooms. I've got to change my headset. There we go. We teach people many times in the rooms things like keep coming back, mm. go to 90 meetings in 90 days, don't drink or use in between meetings, easy does it. You know, blah, 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 blah. We teach them all these platitudes as if the platitudes are the things that are going to keep them sober. And and some of them stay sober. And when I say sober, I mean... White knuckling it? Not narcotic and alcohol-free. I don't mm-hmm. mean not drunk. Yeah. I mean free. The stuff isn't in their system. They Some of them stay sober or clean, for those of you who are being picky, um, <laughs> for a long time, maybe. And then all of a sudden something happens mm-hmm. and they relapse and we get mad at them. Well, that's funny you say that because and this actually is a real situation. I had two, my last two sponsees, they were really not going to meetings, but they would come meet with me once a week. They were doing really great, but they were, because you can get addicted to anything. Sure. And they were both addicted on relationships. Ah. So that kind of took over my work, even though I was calling them, seeing how they're doing. Yeah, I've worked with one. They ended both ended up just cutting ties, stopped talking. And then I find out um, just a few days later um, or earlier this week that one was back out there again, unfortunately. And I beat myself up about that because I knew I did everything I could, but I can't do their program for them. I right. can just give them the tools. Right. But it's just, that question is just a double-edged sword. It's it's hard. And, and so so if if I'm if I'm teaching somebody mm-hmm. how to fly a plane by using a manual on how to drive a car, and they crash the plane, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think we're doing a lot of that in in in, in our twelve step support meetings. I think we we are teaching something that isn't part of the solution. Because it's very man-centered, and then we get mad at them and resentful at them, or we beat ourselves up um, really, really bad, and then some of us go back out because they went back out. Mm-hmm. And all the while, perhaps, now not in all cases, but but in this is one of those things where if you're teaching the wrong thing, you cannot, in all fairness, get a resentment because they went back out because you're not teaching them the solution. Yeah. Which is a reliance upon the creator. That's the bottom line. And if we're not teaching that, as people that supposedly know this literature, if we're teaching that 
Well, you you you, you, you go to if you, as long as you keep going to meetings, you'll be okay. You know, or as as long as you keep pouring coffee, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, then we're doing them a grave injustice. That's just one piece. Well, let me let me read some responses to you, and then we'll talk more about this because there's there's a lot of reasons people go back out. But um, so I we don't have time to read every response that came on Facebook, but. Let me give you some of them. Some of the answers were, the question was, is is it ever appropriate just to stop working with somebody who's a chronic relapser? Sal T. said, yes, there is. I never say never, though. I've been blessed with quite a few uh, pigeons, <laughs> he calls them. Um, and then he refers to the big book, page 96, which we're going to read here in a minute. Um, and... Uh, Tony, you said, ah, good question. Uh, Mark M. said, when you understand that you're not helping them. Yep. That's a good time to stop, when you understand you're not helping them. Uh, Kelly S. says, I used to think so, but with suicide rates and more information concerning head injuries and mental illness, I don't assume nor turn people down. That's a whole other ball of wax, Mm -hmm. people with mental illness. Uh, uh, Jack M says you can only do for them what your walk shows or walk allows rather uh, never to jeopardize your sobriety or do harm still bothers me when having to walk away. Yes, there are times if they are not fully committed to change can lead to water, but not make them drink. Uh, Ruth F says, yes, if they don't want to help themselves, let them go. Uh, when they are ready, they will contact you. Pray for them. Others need your help. Um, that's an interesting thing. When they don't want to help themselves. I, I don't know. I wasn't able to help myself, actually. Um, Eve D. said, good post. And she, she's responding to Kelly, uh, who talked about the head injuries and stuff. She mm-hmm. says, uh, Kelly poses a good point in, of, compa- uh, of compassion, but we are not healthcare professionals and may be causing more harm than good in some cases. How, honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness, essentials. However, those are sometimes a, uh, those are sometimes a struggle for the most seasoned 12-stepper. Uh, and Dale H. says, never give, give up on a person. However, I think there needs to be a want and a will to stop using. Mark A. says, they must really want to stop. You do your part and let them do theirs and their higher power, of course. Um uh, Mr. Ken says yes when they're dead. <laughs> uh, Shane L says only when you give up on your fellow man, uh, and that could pre- that could be perceived that we're giving up, mm-hmm. you know. But sometimes, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Sometimes you have to walk away. Um, and then Eve came back and said, "Just reading this tonight, uh, Kelly, my father, who I am staying with now, has CTE. That's the con- concussion thing." There's a movie about that right now with Will Smith. Hmm. Um, and, and I was um, diagnosed with shell shock at age 14. I had been a chronic relapser myself. Uh, Sandra Packwood says, heck no, you never give up. Uh, Buffy uh, M says, never give up hope. Always pray for them. Be a good example and never enable them. Let them know you will be there waiting when they are ready to get serious. So that, that's, ha- that's half of the ones I will read. I'll read another half here in a minute. Um, there seems to be a recurring theme, at least with these folks, that there needs to be some willingness on the other person's part. But I don't know. Is the other person have to be willing for us to be willing to work with them? What do you think? Well, won't you go and need 
to any lengths to get sober if you really want to get sober. If you don't have any type of mental illness, like, preventing that. It says it in the big book. We will go to any lengths to get sober and stay sober. Okay. Well, you know what thing when people are asked that question, are you willing to go to any length? They really don't know what that means. Mm. I was quick to say, oh, yeah, of course, because I wanted the pain to stop. Yeah. I really did not know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think we forget that that who we are. We're just guides mm. that we take people through this method yeah. that uh, we found. Uh, even the the steps people can become reliant upon them, mm-hmm. you know, in their yeah. ability to do them. And if they're doing that, who are they relying upon? Themselves. themselves. Now watch this. If we're getting mad at people and we're, we don't know when we should work with them or not, you know, then I think we've fallen into self-reliance. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. See, because we've been taught a a, a program, this this method. I'll say that instead of program, this method, by which to look at ourselves and then make a discernment on the individual that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Is it best for us? Is it best for them? Sometimes we we're not the person that should be there. Yeah. Maybe we're too involved. Maybe. Where are we've overstepped the line? Now we have an emotional tie, right? You see, I've had that happen. Yeah. Too. Yep. So yep. where we? We're so that not, would be an appropriate time to say right. exactly to say perhaps I'm not the right person to work with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not criticizing them. That's not demeaning them. That's just saying that this may not be the right fit. Yeah, because once you cross that personal level, it's no longer. Yeah, because see, we're the we're this guide and. and the minute we put ourselves out on a service plane, <clears throat> the person be- starts to rely upon us. Yeah. We're not here to teach them self-reliance. Re- self That's what they've been doing. Our man-reliance. Our man-reliance, our sponsor-reliance, our step-reliance. We're trying to teach them how to be God-reliance. Yeah. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's what the steps do. And they, they work in several ways. They expose for you could see your need, they humble. For you could approach God on a different level, mm-hmm. you see. Then, then you yeah. have been on this prideful, you know, plea bargain kind of thing that we do with Him, right? See, right. so it's it does all kinds of things in in that manner, and so we want to stick to that. And they have this saying that when we're working harder than the the person that's trying to stay sober. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong. Yes, there is. Exactly. There is. And I tell people all the time, I will work as hard as you, but I will not work harder. mm -hmm. I will not. Mm -hmm. I am not into trying to talk you into saving your own life. Really? I'm not into that. Sorry, folks, if that sounds cruel. (laughs) And it's true because you can't work their program for you. You just give them the tools to be able to do it. You, You can't believe how long I worked with this one guy and I just wanted to... To be there if, when he put a hand up and, you know what I mean? If mm-hmm. I just did this, if I just exactly. said this, if I if I put this the right way. Well, I'm relying upon myself and what I say. I'm not trying to teach him a, a program. Mm-hmm. Good point. You Good see? point. But see, I had to take a look at that and admit that 
before I could back away. Yeah. I couldn't back away until they because I had this emotional tie. You so know? I'm I'm thinking, you know, but this is this is my thought on this uh, about um, am, am, am I in a position to actually help the person? And I think, you know, I, I had sponsors that used to say, never say no. Mm-hmm. That's BS. Yeah. I am sorry. But, you know, if, if, you, if you're not able to give that person adequate time, a commitment, um, a, a, a piece of yourself that, that um, they can actually count on picking up the phone. I mean, there's certain things you got to be willing to do. Exactly. And if you're not willing to do those things, mm-hmm. you have no business sponsoring them. And in my humble opinion, if you have not only not if you if you've done these 12 steps, but you haven't had a spiritual awakening as a result of those, if you don't have a relationship with the creator, Mm -hmm. if you haven't reached that place in your spiritual growth where you understand what this whole process is about, truly about, then you're teaching something that isn't the what's in the program and you have no business teaching it. Exactly. You know, and just because you're on step four and the guy that asked you to sponsor him is on step one does not qualify you to be a, sp- be a no. sponsor. And so then you get mad because your sponsee went out and relapsed. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, come on, give me a break. I had a guy just come up to me the other day and ask me to, to be a sponsor. And I had to turn him down. And it wasn't because I didn't want to work with him. Mm-hmm. It's because I can't take anybody on right now. Right. Yeah. In fact, I've I've cut everybody loose except for about three people that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. One is in the middle of getting things done, and the other is the other two. I'm I just work with they they work with other people. Yeah. I just there for them. Yeah. And I'm doing that because of my health because I've been in and out of the hospital so much. You know that this poor guy is being dependent upon me to show him this way. And then I'm gone, and then I'm back, yeah. and then I don't feel good, and then and I'm gone, mm-hmm. you know, because I've got congestive heart failure, and I fill up with fluid, or you know, had a heart attack, or some nonsense, you know. I mean, right. That's all happened to me here recently, and uh, so I had to tell him no. But I looked, <clears throat> and I looked, and then I got together with a couple other guys. We talked about it, mm-hmm. and we got him a sponsor. Oh, good. See, good. But I wanted somebody that has been, did the steps to show him because he wanted to know about the spiritual aspect of this mm-hmm. thing. Sure. See, and, and that so, was you being fair to not only yourself but to him too because you, you knew you you weren't able to be there one hundred percent for him. So that's right. I I I, I give you props for yeah, that. And one. I and I wanted him to have somebody that knew about the spiritual aspect, mm-hmm. the thing that Monty was talking about. Yeah. See, and if I was just to give him somebody that didn't know, I, you know, good thing Monty wasn't there because I might have threw him up. <laughs> and that's true. You not only have the steps and the work, but you have to believe in a spiritual awakening and experience it before you can sponsor. Because mm-hmm. I think my first time sponsoring, I don't think I was really, I was in the spiritual part, but I didn't have a spiritual awakening of any sort. Not that it's like this big aha moment, but right, right. it was a year or two later. I tried it again. Then I understood what everybody was trying to tell me because I was in the program a little bit longer and I grew since then. So, you know, that one went a little better, but she ended up moving away. Yeah, so. the educational variety. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, the- so Chris, Christy C. says uh, this part in... Uh, in the book, I think she meant in the book, is correct. And we say next, if they don't want help. Uh, next. 
if yeah. they want help and have a willingness, uh, we help, even if they can't stay sober. Good point. Mm-hmm. Because there are people, for whatever reason, keep relapsing, but they keep coming back with a willingness that is amazing. And, and I think if, if that's the case, we may need to go at it a different approach. We may need to do some more investigation. We may They may need <clears throat> some professional mental health uh, treatment, maybe some work on trauma issues that we're not qualified to do. But they keep coming back and they keep, they keep getting back on that horse, that horse of willingness and say, man, I, I just, I, I really, really do want to do this. And they're not disappearing on you. Mm-hmm. I think when they disappear on you, that that's when I say, you know, I, I can't work with you. I got a exactly. guy, I got a guy recently. Um, I changed, I changed jobs from working out at the church. Now I'm working at the adult and teen challenge uh, center. And, and I had to tell him, you know, I've, I've got this new responsibility. And I actually wasn't his sponsor. I was somebody that I was guiding him through some step work yeah. from working at the church. And, and and I told him, I said, please continue to go to, to Celebrate Recovery. Continue to go to meetings. Continue to, to, to come to church. And, and we'll talk some more, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he just disappeared. He, he stopped doing all of it. Mm-hmm. Can't work with you, man. Yeah. If you disappear on me like that, can't work with you. Um uh, so then Christopher F says, without enabling the individual and in becoming codependent and preventing them to seek a power as a lack of power is their dilemma. As the big book states, if he does not want to stop drinking, don't waste time trying to persuade him. Um, I highlighted that. Yeah. So read that, read that part, Tony. It says to spend too much time on any one situation is to deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. That part. Yeah. Well, up, up at the top it says, do not be discouraged if your yes. prospect does there not uh, respond at once. Search out another alcoholic and try again. Mm-hmm. You're sure to find someone desperate enough to accept with eagerness what you offer. We find it a waste of time to help chasing a man who cannot or will not work with you. Now, interesting here. Here it says it gives you both pieces who cannot or will not. Mm -hmm. So be very careful, folks, at determining if they cannot. Because you may not be a mental health professional. You may not know what that really looks like. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm cautioning folks, just because they relapse doesn't mean they cannot. Yeah. You know, again, are we steeped in the, the instructions? Do we know what we're doing? Are we qualified to sponsor somebody? And if you're on step three and you're sponsoring somebody on step one, mm-hmm. you're not going to know the difference between cannot and will not. Yeah. You just aren't. Um, if you ha- If you leave such a person alone, he may soon become convinced that he cannot recover by himself. And then the part which you which you yeah. read to spend too much time on any one situation is deny deny some other alcoholic an opportunity to live and be happy. Uh, one in our fellowship failed entirely with his first half dozen prospects. He often says that if he had continued to work on them, he might have deprived many others who have since recovered um, of their chance. You bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I I have a story that will kind of like blow you away. I think a little bit that. There was a, my sponsor was working with me and and I got a job. And in my job, I traveled a lot. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I, that job and the income and status that it gave Mm -hmm. me is what I was using to keep myself sober. 
And that is so true, actually, because I went um, to treatment with a guy and um, he's he had a job where it made he went around and traveled a lot. And that and as soon as he stopped and started working out of the office, bam, he was right out there again. And, and this meant a lot to me because I had just lost my mother and my mm-hmm. sister and. You know, and there was no family left. I didn't mm-hmm. know where my brother was at. And mm-hmm. I was out here in Oregon on my own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, here I am. Yep. You know, so I needed this right. job. Right. Yeah. And I'm traveling. And, and uh, but here, here's the point. I'm not sure that if my sponsor would have done anything other than what she done, that I would have, <laughs> I'd have been okay. Yeah. She could have hung in there with me and mm-hmm. not told me the truth or right. or anything else. But what she did was uh, when I finally did go back out, I went out. Now, I didn't go on a real long, reaches long, but I run, but I I did use. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so now they called me back to the job. They They wanted me to come back even though I'd been absent for a month, you know. And she said, well, Bruce, she says, I'm really not sure you're going to make it. Yeah. Mm. You know? And I said, what do you mean? She made me mad. But I thought about that when I got to the job site, and I called her up, and I said, what are you talking about? She says, your whole life screams. She says, I don't know when, but I believe it's going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Unless you get help. Mm -hmm. You know, you you really need help, and you need it of the spiritual variety. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And so I thought about it and thought about it, and I said I was convinced, and I knew that she was right. Yeah. And I came back and I did this work, mm-hmm. and I've been sober ever since, and I've lost the obsession. Good. God has yep. taken it away. Yep. You see. And Ma- even my sponsor, before she was my sponsor, I just went to. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, Monique. No, no. Um, we were actually uh, in treatment together, and it was years later she became my sponsor. But she called me out on my crap. Mm-hmm. The, I, I've only known her like three other sessions before this. And she goes, you know it was you. Just be honest. I looked at her and said, you're effing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was that and later that same night my counselor spoke to me, and it was that. I finally got it. It's yeah. like I have to do this. Yeah, see, she wasn't going to chase me down. Yeah. Right. You know, and. And all of I'm that not stuff. Do that and either. here I'm, I'm out there in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the field, and I'm sometimes states away. Yep. Yeah. You know, but I used that to, yeah. uh, you know, and it worked, and it worked, and it worked until it didn't work no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in the program, and I'm telling everybody it mm-hmm. worked, and I'm putting the mask on. I'm in AA. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt G says tradition three cl- clearly says if they have a desire, so. If they have a desire, I'm always going to do my level best to help. But also, on the other hand, the book clearly says in the chapter Working with Others, page 95, if he, if this person is not interested in your solution, you may have to drop him until he changes his mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah there's a good point. Do you know what it's like to enter into somebody's life? Yeah. It's harsh. It's, it's a big deal. It is. Yeah. And it, that means you can't sponsor 9,364 no. people. No, I no. don't see how people can sponsor yeah. so many people at once. Christ, I can't Christ do Christ himself only had 12. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah. Oh, yeah. There Disciples, you go. Disciples, there you go. <laughs> yeah, one one didn't work out too well. 
But you you see what I'm saying when right. you're entering into people's lives and you're mm-hmm. walking with them and you're and you're showing them this path, you know, to go down. Right. You, it, it's important. You know, you can't be doing that with. A, but see, you want to get a whole bunch of people, and you want to sponsor them, and you're taking them to meetings, mm-hmm. and you're, you know, and those type of things. Well, they're going to do just like I did with the job. Yep. They're going. Some Rely of them are going to make it. Some of them aren't. You know, yeah. and they're going to bounce in and out. And you're going to get tired, but you're always going to reach out. But see, you don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Good point. Good, good point. Um, Chrissy S. says, nah, to the question, do you ever give up? Basically, mm-hmm. not till you're patting them on the head with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to remember that one, Chrissy. <laughs> There's a whole lot of other other responses uh, that we don't have time to go into. But, but um, what I was really, really pleased to see is I felt like... Um, when this question blew up the internet mm-hmm. <laughs> on Facebook, it was coming from the heart of a lot of people that really cared. And it was. Yeah, and the diversity really of the answers were amazing. Yeah. I was reading through them. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Some are like, you know, drop them like a rock. Some yeah. of them are like, I'm never going to give up. See, and here's the thing. We have to understand, what does that mean to give up? Okay. So giving up means I, I, I just, I walk away, I have nothing to do with it, mm-hmm. I'm not going to look back, I'm just, you know, I'm done. Yep. Well, you know, we can we can be done with an element of our work with them, mm-hmm. but we should never, ever, ever give in to this illness, ever. We never let the illness win on our side of the street. So um, I may not be able to work with them, I may not be the person to take them through this step process, but I have a responsibility to pray for them, yep. to encourage them, to put my arm around mm-hmm. them and say, how you doing today? I mean, I think we can always stay engaged until we can't, mm-hmm. you know, when they're gone or, you know, they vanish. And in my case, I've had people vanish on me. I have no idea where they're at. Yeah. And I'm not going to go ringing doorbells and find out where yeah. they are. I, I just don't have the time or the energy. I work with people already. Um, but... So the question, how many chances do you give an addict or an alcoholic? As many as it takes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but that may look different than what or how you've been working with them to this point. You may have to switch your position of influence to being somebody who's an encourager and praying and, 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 and being available if and when they come to a place where they are willing. Well, that says it perfectly on page 98, second paragraph. Um, it says, it is not a matter of giving that is the question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. And I think that sums it up and, right there. Yep, Bruce, you said it, right? Mm-hmm. An altruistic mm-hmm. movement is wonderful, mm-hmm. but there is a pollutant there, yep. a tendency to lean on and remember, the person we, and not on the creator. Exactly. What, what we were taught to do <clears throat> was when things are going sour with with other people, mm-hmm. we look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. What's going on with us that he's able to do that or she's able to do that? Exactly. You see what I mean? Right. It's it's 
Are we still doing that? Mm -hmm. Are we using the 12 steps in all our affairs? And what I mean is you're using it as a method to look at yourself for you can go to God and ask for help. The discernment that he gives me, I rely upon. Mm -hmm. Now, I know sometimes, guys, I'm using my own head. (laughs) Sure. You know, Never. but what I'm doing is I'm praying for just I'm praying for the God to give me the discernment to mm-hmm. do the right thing, to actually put another person's welfare yep. ahead of my own. Mm-hmm. Is it the proper thing to do? Mm-hmm. Do I keep allowing this to happen, or is it hurting him? Am I right. the right person to be right. working right. with him? These yeah. are questions that have to be answered. So, you know? so I'm going to give you an example. Each case is separate. Each case yeah. is separate. Yeah, exactly. You just can't make a blanket thing and say mm-hmm. A, B, and C, everybody. Yeah. One size Three times you're out of here. Right, <laughs> right, right. So I'll give you an example of, of, and I'll just use his first name, uh, of my buddy uh, uh, John. Okay? And I know a lot of Johns, so stop trying to figure out which one it is. <clears throat> We're talking about a chronic relapser. We're talking about somebody, I mean, he's the 30-day wonder, 60 days, sometimes 90 days, but not too much more after that. Mm-hmm. Over and over and over and over again. Knows the Bible, backwards and forwards. Knows the big book, backwards and forwards. Could probably has both of them memorized, as far as I know. Um, the head knowledge is intense. Mm-hmm. Just tremendously gifted young man. Can't stay sober, can't stay sober, can't stay sober. Keeps coming back, keeps coming back. Doing like we do, you know, oh my gosh, I'm just, you know, my life's ruined. And you're hearing the same story over and over again. Mm. And I came to a place where I had to sit him down and I had to say exactly what Bruce said. Mm -hmm. I had to say, brother, I may not be the right person to work with you. Exactly. And he said, you know, I think you're right. And, you know, he said, but that doesn't mean you're going to stop praying for me, right? He goes, absolutely not. I'm praying for you. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't mean I can't sit down and talk with you and share my heart. I said, no, absolutely. Mm. You can't. See, I'm not giving up. But my ability to work with him in this step process, I'm not the one for him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so was it time to let him go in that area? Yeah, Yeah, we both came to an agreement and we did. And um, it didn't work out so well um, because he kind of went off on his own. Mm -hmm. You know, but here's what happened. It got really ugly uglier than it ever had gotten oh no and <clears throat> i i vowed that if he should ever come back and be willing to follow directions because that was one of his problems mm-hmm. that i would be open to work with him mm-hmm. and he did come back and he said i need something more than just going to meetings and walking through these steps i think i've got other issues can you help me? And because of certain connections that I have in yep. the treatment field, I was able to get him plugged in to a center Good. in another part of the country. And the guy is doing marvelous. Nice. I mean, he's doing just wonderful because he, he's given himself enough chance for the amphetamine psychosis to mm-hmm. stop. His, his head's clearer. He's, he, he's, he's hooked up with a, a counselor that is has the same belief system as he does as far as God goes. Um, he's doing this thing, and I wasn't the person that worked for him with him. Mm-hmm. This person was. If I had not done that, if I had continued to work with him, he, would he might be dead today. Yeah. He might be dead today. And he's just 
flourishing. Good. You know, for the first time in his life. And it does say in the big book somewhere that you sometimes have to change uh, <clears throat> places and play pens and, you know, buddies and all that. Playmates and, and, and playmates and play pens. There you go. Right. And the, it, I had to. I, I d- did I make a selfish decision coming down here? Probably so. Yeah. But years later, look look where I am now, and I can take care of Kylie much better. And I'm more present yeah. than I ever was. And so that's what I love about my sponsor, too, because she's very spiritual-based. Anything I can't figure out, she's always like, pray about it. Pray about it. So mm-hmm. she There's, helped me with the spiritual side as yeah. well. There's something that I have. Every sponsee I, I work with, if they've, they're doing the work, mm-hmm. okay, if I can get them onto the steps, is... Every one of them have to do the steps around God mm-hmm. and around the church. I don't care if he's a pastor mm-hmm. or if he's an atheist. Right. I want to know their ideas about that. That gives me a good idea of where to lead and how to help guide them into this process. Yeah. See, it's, we have to learn to listen, people. Yeah. It isn't what we say to somebody that's going to save their life. Because we listen and we know how to make the approach to teach them about the solution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? Yeah. And if you don't have a solution and you're using your past to uh, to cure, cure somebody, you're in trouble. Exactly. <laughs> that's never a good I thing. I know somebody that was just, that's what they were doing. Yep. Yeah. Because that's what they heard in the rooms. And, you know, I, I've complained a lot about that, but you know something if we had people just really pounding the steps and working on the steps, I think that because of who we are, mm-hmm. uh, we would become step-reliant on a basis that would be very sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we, weren't, if we weren't actually, if we ourselves, as people that have gone through this, aren't passing on what the steps are actually trying to show us, exactly, and we're just passing on a method... A method. Mm-hmm. Then that's all we're passing on is a mm-hmm. method. You might as well just give him the book and say, "Here, read." And then, but I do remember. I will say when I heard you speak the first time, mm-hmm. the key, uh, keys of the kingdom. That bottom part, oh, I yeah. always read that to my sponsors when they get to close to the point of the right during you know the spirit. Well, getting into the spiritual part of it when they do, I always, 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 and I even shared it when I did my speaker meeting did you in really? September. I said that is one of the things in the big book I always remember, and mm-hmm. I will never forget it. It's like the end of page. I can't remember, but that it's, you uh, actually that piece spoke to me, and and I think that's when I finally got it. It's not just a step based program. Yeah. I you get have a, to bring I get God a into kick it. out of it if people only really do the book and they reread how it works and it says mm-hmm. no human power could have relieved us their mm-hmm. alcoholism. That's well, let's right. throw that out. You know what I mean? Well, it says it's our sobriety is contingent upon our spiritual condition. Mm-hmm. Well, let's throw that out. You know, yeah. making yeah. making the steps on how they want it to be for them. Yes, and I even had um and. I actually had somebody ask me to be a sponsor just to get through their stuff. And it hurt me to say no. And I mean, I'm really good friends with this person. And I regretted, I didn't regret saying it. I I hated that I had to say no, but that's not what a sponsor is. Yeah, it, sometimes it's, you're right. It's really, really hard mm-hmm. for us yeah. to tell somebody the truth. 
It is. And, and not to shade it. And yep. you know, and it's so selfish because the reason we don't want to tell them is we don't want to feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And that is so self-centered. Yeah. See, if you can recognize that. But she respected a, it. That's a blessing because if I, when that's going on with me and it goes mm-hmm. on with me, believe me, mm-hmm. you know. Then I go to God and I ask him for the courage to do the right thing. And that's exactly what I did. I went home and prayed about it and I'm just like, I, I just can't. Because if I did that, it would just, all my work would have been gone. Yeah, if you know you can't do it, that you're going to tell this person to lie because it makes you feel better because you, you want to be liked. Right. Well, if you recognize that about yourself, you're that selfish and you see the selfishness of this other person, well, then you're going to go to God with a different attitude. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to him and ask him for help. You're not going to go and say, now, listen, if you'll do this, I'll do this. <laughs> right. See, that sort of stuff stops. Right. right. But no, right. She, she totally respected it after after the fact. And she's like, no problem. No problem. So, guys, we're out of time. Um, that but one but, but I, I, I think I'm going to read uh, this last part of key, uh, Keys of the Kingdom. And this would this would actually be. Um, I think what we'll I think what we'll do is we're, we're gonna we'll continue next week, mm-hmm. um, and the topic is going to be what I'm what I'm reading because I think it deserves unpacking it because I don't want people to misunderstand what it's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is uh, most of the time when I'm asked to share, I close with this. I closed with that too when do, I shared. Do you, do yes. You? Um, but it deserves, and I tell people, if you want to know, you, if you want to know in depth what this is going, mm-hmm. please talk to me. What page number are you on now? Uh, we're on page 311. Hey. It's uh, from the chapter keys, uh, the keys of the kingdom. My favorite and, part. And this is, we'll close out and then we'll, we'll uh, share this uh, wonderful song by Amy Grant. It says, AA is not a plan for recovery that can be finished and done with. It is a way of life and the challenge contained in its principles that's the steps, mm-hmm. is great enough to keep any human being striving for as long as he lives. We do not, cannot outgrow this plan. The arrested alcoholics, or as arrested alcoholics, we must have a program for living that allows for limitless expansion. Keeping one foot in front of the other is essential for maintaining our arrestment. Mm-hmm. Others may idle in a retrogressive groove without too much danger, but retrogression can spell death for us. However, this isn't as rough as it sounds, as we do become grateful for the necessity that makes us toe the line, for we find that we are more than compensated for a consistent effort by the countless uh, dividends we receive. A complete change takes place in our approach to life. There's a mouthful just in that one sentence, and we'll talk about that next week. Where we used to run from responsibility, we find ourselves accepting it with gratitude that we can successfully shoulder it. Instead of wanting to escape some perplexing problem, we experience a thrill of challenge in the opportunity it affords for another application of AA techniques, and we find ourselves tackling it with surprising vigor. Mm. The last 15 years of my life have been rich and meaningful. I have had my share of problems heartaches, and disappointments, because that is life. But also, I have known a great deal of joy and a peace that is the handmaiden of an inner freedom. I have a wealth of friends, and with my AA friends, an unusual quality of fellowship. Mm -hmm. For these people, I am truly related, first through mutual pain and despair, and later through mutual objectives and newfound faith Mm -hmm. and hope. We'll talk about that next week. (laughs) 
As uh, And as the years go by, working together, sharing our experiences with one another, and also sharing a mutual trust, understanding, and love, without strings, without obligation, we acquire relationships that are unique and priceless. There is no more aloneness Hello, with that yeah. awful ache so deep in the heart of every alcoholic that nothing before could ever reach it. That ache is gone and never need return again. Now... There is a sense of belonging, of being wanted and needed and loved. In return for a bottle and a hangover, we have been given the keys of the kingdom. Oh, that last paragraph is my favorite part. Because it's so true. That's a lot said in one paragraph. You bet. And we'll talk about that next week. And then we're just going to call it the keys of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Because there is so much... Well, I'll just say filet mignon of the menu here in this statement that I just mm-hmm. read that I think a lot of people miss. Yeah. Um, it, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. Listen, filet mignon. The filet mignon, <laughs> yes. I like mine rare. <laughs> <laughs> so here's uh, Amy Grant with a. This is, this is, goes way, way back. I mean, 35, maybe 40 years ago. I was um, this is a song, its title is very apropos for the show, simply entitled, Don't Give Up On Me. Hmm. Here's Amy Grant. Crying. 
All righty, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Tony and Bruce. Don't give up on us, please. We're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs>